show number 108 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. The movie, the movie, we're Let's about all go to the lobby. Hey. <laughs> yes, it's another show, and we're still blathering on about uh, that movie. About the movie. We don't even have to say what movie, just the movie. Well, this is the other thing, is the movie's just called Star Trek. Yeah. You know, it's an odd-numbered movie. Yeah. Which is peculiar. I mean, I think somehow, in in the grand scheme of things, the numbering should have been flipped for this and Nemesis, because Nemesis was an even-numbered movie, and it was horrible, and this mm-hmm. is an odd-numbered movie, and it was good. See, I don't think that, that whole odd-even thing is 100% accurate anyway, because no. I think three is a good yeah. movie. It's more like a trend. Yeah. You know, I, I think it holds true the majority of the time, not every single time, right. but certainly the majority right. of the time. So the really sucky movie's going to be the next one. Oh, man. So this is one of the big questions I want us to talk about. Okay. Is where do we think mm-hmm. they are going with this? Mm-hmm. What would we like to see them do? What would we like them to avoid? And I have some thoughts if you want me to okay. start. Well, um, to answer the last question first, I would really like them to avoid retreading stuff from the series or from the other movies. That was my number one thing. Yeah. Is I think they need to be very, very careful. I do not think they should have Nimoy in every movie. Agreed. Um, I think, you know, if they do a whole series of these... Maybe three or four movies down the line. It might be interesting if something like The Guardian of of Forever Mm -hmm. appeared, not as a major plot point, Mm -hmm. or even the Mirror Universe. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Do not just redo those episodes or or the the importance of those artifacts Mm -hmm. or, or whatever themes in the movies. They've established themselves as going on new adventures, so damn it, go on new adventures. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the little TOS references like you know, um Bones being the way he mm-hmm. is and, and you know, certain things like that. That's great. But yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Cause that would be stupid. I also really don't want them to do what the T and G movies did, aside from First Contact, which were basically be really big episodes. Yes. These need to be movies. Well, and they need to, and to me, the huge difference in the movies of TOS and the, and the episodes of TOS is, my feeling is the best of the TOS movies became even more character driven mm-hmm. and less action shoot 'em up. Yep, definitely. Yeah. How, so, how much shooting was there in, in four? Yeah. <laughs> like, very little. And and to me that it's like a box set, um, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. Mm-hmm. That was that was totally about, you know, Kirk reaching this middle age crisis uh-huh. and and losing so many things that were important to him yep. and coming to terms with it. And and that was the story that was being told through this action. Mm-hmm. So, um, but here's another question. Yes. What are they going to do about Ponfar? <laughs> And to Pring, if the assumption is yeah, it's true that you know Vulcan history remained the same up until mm-hmm. this parting point. Okay, maybe he isn't um, mentally bonded to to Pring anymore because she's dead. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be that would be cool. Um, I it would be good if. Um, they didn't have the plot revolve around Kirk or Spock being personally affected by some big thing. And by that I mean uh, family member in danger, loved one in danger, mm. something like that. Well, they already did that, you know, with Spock rushing yeah, off to I rescue know. his family. But I so. think that that's the easy answer. Mm-hmm. And I th- it's just too simple to make the crisis be personally meaningful to one of the main characters in order to make them care about it. Mm-hmm. They should be caring about it anyway. It doesn't matter that it's their family that's involved or right. their loved one involved. And, you know, they they um, they did that on the show 
once too often mm -hmm. where the only reason that a main character seemed to care was because it was affecting them personally in the best of the trek episodes it wasn't personal mm -hmm. you know take something like balance of terror for example right where it wasn't personal at all and yet it was deeply meaningful and completely character driven but it wasn't you know Spock's brother or, right. or something like well, that. Well, and the other thing is they've got a long way to go, I think, in establishing this, this crew as a family, mm -hmm. which is what, what they were. Yeah. And so if they're going to have appearances by Kirk's mother, who we can presume is not dead, mm -hmm. and Sarek... And, I don't know, Jim's brother mm -hmm. or, you know, any of those people, I really think it's going to kind of detract. Mm. I agree. I think so. It would be great to, s <laughs> it would be great to see them do um, a story where it's not all shipbound, for one thing, mm -hmm. where they're on a planet or something like that where it's most of the crew who's there, and they do have to work together to solve the problem or do, you know, mm -hmm. get the, the big ball of beryllium that they have to bring <laughs> back to the ship. You know, that, I mean, that, <laughs> to give a bad example. But, but that kind of thing, I think, could be really good. You know, there has to be some stuff aboard the ship, obviously, but to put them all in a situation where they really have to, to solve it with their wits Mm -hmm. Rather than just relying on pressing the phaser button. Well, and, and I, okay, yes, we know Galaxy was a com Galaxy Quest was accommodating everything, but those characters did travel that path yeah. of they 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 had a lot of animosity towards each other. They hated um, their captain, mm -hmm. and they learned about each other, and they learned about themselves, and they learned about their fans. Yeah, and and so there was growth there, and they they finally became much more like the characters they had portrayed. And I think, you know, the Abrams and his, his, his writers and whoever, you know, comes afterwards on this would do well to keep that in mind, mm -hmm. that if they start out the next movie with just, okay, we, we all love each other and rely on each other, and no, I think they left an awful lot of open doors there, unresolved mm -hmm. tensions yeah, and... Yeah. I agree, and it would be nice to um, give them a little breathing room, because there was none of that in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was just rushing along. Yes, and it would be nice to see them um, being able to take the time to analyze a situation and discuss it. It would be great to have one of those briefing room meetings. Yes, that'd be awesome. I'd you learned that. a lot about the characters in those. Yeah, and especially because you know Kirk was leading the meeting and doing mm -hmm. his job as the captain right not just yelling at people so i would love to see that i think that would be great it would be great to encounter you know some new aliens mm -hmm. instead of relying on the same ones that we've seen the whole time you know mysterious ones that we're not quite sure what they're doing i really hope the next movie doesn't have the borg in it. i was just gonna say that oh, please <laughs> you know they're out there exploring the strange new worlds. There must be some other aliens that they haven't come in contact with. Right, right. Please don't have Q in the next movie, you know. There are just so many easy ways out that mm -hmm. they could take, and I, I really don't want them to do any of those things. You know, one thing they could do. Yeah. It's very interesting. They could kind of fit in a little bit of what we regard as canon, mm -hmm. and it could be a very interesting jumping-off point, which is, um, it's a couple years later, and uh, Kirk has been captain for a couple of years, and he goes to teach some courses at the academy and encounters Gary Mitchell. Oh, that would be awesome. And if, depending on how his relationship with Spock has developed to that point, mm -hmm. this could be kind of a love triangle. <laughs> uh, a man love triangle. A man love triangle. A, a three-way bromance. I don't know. But they, they could bring Mitchell into it. Oh, that would be so awesome. I would love that. And I don't give a shit who knows it. <laughs> but who could they... But, you know, they'd have to have Carl Urban in a dual role as Gary Mitchell. Well, you know what I was thinking? The portrayal Chris Pine was doing was in many ways much more Mitchellish. It was, it's true. Than yeah. Kirkish. Yeah, the way he was scoping out the women. That mm -hmm. was much more Mitchellish than Kirkish. Yeah. I agree. And just... I mean, even Mitchell had more... Of a, a, a 
a military and officer bearing to him. Mm-hmm. Well, that was another thing about this movie. It didn't seem very military, and mm-hmm. I don't mean in the weapons way. I mean in the way people interacted with yeah, each in other. In a disciplined sort of way. Yeah. 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 yeah, I agree. Except for Pike. Yes. Who came across as... And, as, and that first captain who, who got yeah. blowed up. Yep. No, I agree. I, I agree with that. Your door is moving all by itself. Oh, it must be the, the wind. It's it's the spirit of Captain Kirk in the corner. Over oh there. yeah, he's blowing at it. Well, he's he's staring at the door. He's willing it to open. Yeah. Big cardboard Kirk. He easily could. <laughs> With his charm and hotness. That's right. Um, That's amazing that a cardboard figure has more uh, charm and hotness than Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. No, I agree. Um, we both noticed no ripped shirts. What's up with that? Oh, please. Yeah. Major oversight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of no ripped shirts. There was a picture, I think you sent it to me, yeah. of Chris Pine shirtless. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. And so He's I... He's a pasty white guy. He is a pasty white guy. And I posted it to the Shatner board. And a couple of people have, had pointed out, or in the original blog, which I think was Logan's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That it looks like you could, you know, see some... Some package. Some package there. And one person I thought, and I was... Or, well... God, I'm so incoherent right now. Um, people were pointing out, you know, that real is sort of muscle-bound almost hunk thing just isn't isn't Kirk. And finally somebody said, looks to me like there are a few inches where there shouldn't be and too few where there should. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were no tight pants in this movie, I have no, to say. No, I did see some basket in yeah. one of the bridge shots, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay. Disappointingly, yeah. loose pants, yeah. really. They should have been much tighter. Mm-hmm. Although when he was on top of the the green Orion girl, you did get to see some some package there. Yeah, but yeah, you know, he's wearing his underwear. Mm-hmm. He, I I don't find him sexy. No, you know. But the thing is, in the the forty years since Trek, and it's just coming home to me, you know how old I am. Our idea of sexy does not fit at all. That's true. With the idea that the young people have right now. Yeah, because sexy to them is is incredibly blatant, Mm -hmm. and and these these sculpted bods and rock hard tits Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I don't think they have any idea of sexiness coming from within. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. I have to say. For me, personally, the sexiest moment in the entire movie was Spock and Uhura kissing in the turbo lift. I thought that was really well done and mm-hmm. really hot. And, you know... And fanficy. And fanficy <laughs> too. It was a very emotional and tender moment. Um, both characters, you know, fully clothed, not on their way to actually making love, because they certainly weren't going to do it in the turbo lift. But it, it seemed like um, a genuine... A genuine sexy kiss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a Vulcan, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the whole scene that, that Kirk has with the green woman didn't really do anything for no, me No, and, and because it it turned into a, a, a comic dorm frat boy scene. Yeah, it was. It really was. <sighs> so I'm not sure what else I'd like to see in the movie. I'm kind of torn between saying... The next movie should start two years later, or the next movie should start basically in the next minute after this movie ended. You know, because they mm-hmm. could easily do that. They could just pick up right where this left yeah. off. Yeah. And that might be really interesting, but I don't know if they would do that. Now, let me ask you this. I just saw, read this the other day that um, because this movie did so well, yeah. at least on its opening weekend, they are now, um, there is buzz about putting Chris Pine in another franchise, like um, apparently they're going to do a movie of the A-Team and and one of some superhero who still hasn't had a movie. Oh, the Green Lantern. Oh, he's not going to be Green Lantern, though. Oh, okay. Logan blogged about the guy who probably is. Okay. He's a terrible Green Lantern. Well, (laughs) that aside, how would you feel about that, about Captain Kirk? Also being whoever. No, 
know. I, well, for one thing, I don't really think he has enough acting chops to pull off very, very much. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Know. Maybe an A-Team movie would be more his speed. Uh, I, I don't feel like he is that associated with this role yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it's almost like in the next movie they could cast a different guy as Captain well, Kirk. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It would make a damn bit of difference to me. It wouldn't make a damn bit of difference to me. And if it was someone who who could capture more of the the heroism in the leadership way, yeah, um, and the and the have more humanity despite the chip on his shoulder, yeah, I would be ecstatic. I mean, oh, yeah. I I mean at this point. Very few of those characters have established themselves so well mm -hmm. that I would say, oh, it would just be a mistake to recast. It would be a shame if, you know, like if Simon Pegg didn't want to come mm -hmm. back or if Carl Urban didn't want to come back. Um, the others, you know, I could, or I, I could even consider a, a different Spock, mm -hmm. although I thought Quinto was good. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, they had, they... They haven't settled in yet to no. the point where, you know, like James Bond, oh my God, they're going to recast James Bond. This is horrible, you know. No, I, I agree. I think that's right. I mean, I, I feel like if they had, a, they had a better Captain Kirk. Um, a lot more pieces would fall into place. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, that would be it. I think the rest of the casting was good. I really liked the mm -hmm. rest of those guys. And, and I would be sad if they had to replace any of them. You know, it wouldn't rock my world sideways if that happened. It wouldn't be like an earthquake, but it would still make me sad because I thought they did a really good job. I, in general, they did. I really, really wish um, Uhura would put on about 15 pounds. Yeah, I agree. Because it really creeps me out just to see arms that skinny. Yeah. And she is that skinny in real life. When yeah. When I saw her at the con, it was like, oh, have yeah. a sandwich, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if there were more women in the movie. There was really only one woman, and that was Ahura. Well, you know, I was just going to say I'm almost a little surprised, although they could have never kept the lid on this, that um, they didn't do like a Battlestar thing, like make Chekhov a woman. Yeah, that would have been good. Well, there were a lot of rumors about whether number one was going to be in this movie. Oh, I never never heard those. Yeah, um, that a lot of people really wanted her to be there to be... Um, you know, Pike's first officer. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, um, which is not to say she couldn't be in the next movie. And right. that might be really good mm -hmm. if they had somebody who was essentially like the, um, what's her name? Oh, God. In uh, Best of Both Worlds. Oh, Shelby. Shelby. A Shelby character. That would be cool. Now, you know what? Is that your neighbors? N no. <laughs> It seems like it's coming from outside. No, it's Now we have not. a musical accompaniment. Yes, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? Oh, you just lost your mic. Okay, here's my mic. I got it back. What I was just going to say is now that you've brought up Shelby, I think Shelby is a much better combination of hothead and command potential yeah. than this Kirk is. Yeah. Well, I think that would be a pretty awesome thing if they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe they will. Yeah. I mean, I could see them actually developing a plot line around um, them taking away the Enterprise from Kirk based on his dickish behavior, <laughs> <laughs> etc. So that could be a good point of conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, it couldn't be the only conflict, obviously. But Do you think they will introduce, an, at some point, an ongoing romance for Kirk, kind of like the Spock Uhura? That's very interesting. I was thinking about that. I don't know. I'm not sure how they could do that and make it consistent with, you know, the captain can't have a woman. I know, but they've blown <laughs> away so many of those premises. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they, they had his dad have his wife on the ship, so I right. guess if they've established that, they could do it for, for Jim Kirk, Kirk Jr. Okay. Well, I absolutely do not want to see Janice Rand ever in any form. Uh-huh. Um, 
That'd be good. I don't want any of the canon girlfriends to show up except possibly Helen Noel. <sighs> and only if she's amazingly voluptuous. If she's going to be another stick figure, no. Okay. I, I'm agreeing with that. I think that's all, all fair. Yeah. Yeah, just stay away from stuff that's gone before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be good. I think it would suck, though, if they had um, a relationship between Kirk and, you know, an enemy female captain or something. Kind of like, like Spock and the Romulan Commander. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Well, that could be interesting. I don't know. I think they would just... The problem I would have with that is that in that episode, um, you knew why she was attracted to Spock. Mm-hmm. Because he was very appealing to her and, you know, different and all at the same time. I can't see anybody being attracted to the Kirk that we saw in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's the problem, but... Um... Yeah. You know, they could tell us, oh, she's very attracted to him. But, like, there would be nothing to base that on unless his character significantly matures by the time of the next Or gets a different actor. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It just wouldn't be plausible. Mm Mm-hmm. So here's my next big question. Uh Uh-oh. Do we want a break or do we want to do this? No, we can do the next one. Okay. Let's pretend we're in original TOS world. Okay. And instead of this, like, being a movie or an alternate timeline... It's basically an academy simulation. Uh-huh. And our Kirk, as played, by William Shatner. as played by William Shatner, and as an admiral, as he was in, like, mm-hmm. let's say, Wrath of Khan, is being asked to review the actions of these cadets. What would he think? What well, would he first say? First of all, he would say there was too much lens flare. <laughs> okay. He would put the real Mr. Scott... On fixing goddamn stimulator lighting. Simulator lighting. Sorry, I just had to get that in there. Um, I think he would give Spock a higher rating than Kirk. Oh, yeah. I think he would, um, he would mark Spock down for not seeing some of the traps earlier. Um, I think he would say that they did the right thing in the end. Mm-hmm. They, they neutralized the threat. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think he would mark everybody down who did this as we talked about in the earlier show, who just got up and left the bridge. Yes, I agree. For no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think he would mark Spock down for leaving Chekhov in charge. <laughs> Ever. I wouldn't leave Chekhov in charge mm-hmm. of a house plant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would give a, a pretty good marks to Scotty. Uh-huh. I think he might give some poor marks in general to Starfleet mm-hmm. and to the Academy um, for um, it, it just their whole non-Starfleetiness. <laughs> their, their, it, the whole idea of it being a chain-of-command-based organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that obviously... They weren't teaching these cadets much of anything useful. Yeah. Um, also, it, it, this was one of the things in the movie that really freaked me out. I was going, okay, so is this, this is not a trainee ship. These are their assignments. Yeah. And they're, it, it, Pike even says this is the new flagship. So they put all these babies on it. Oh, yes. I, I was wondering that myself during the course of the movie. Where are the people who have been serving on the Enterprise for the last five years? Or it's a new ship or who have been serving on anything and yeah. got transferred to this ship. And at one point, there's sort of a pan of the bridge. And there's, you know, little baby Chekhov and little baby Sulu. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there was a middle-aged bald guy. Yeah. And we never saw him again. But I was like, who are you? Yeah. And why aren't there more of you? Yeah. yeah Did th- you sneak aboard? There should be. Now, I noticed that on... Um, the Kelvin, for example, the people looked much older. Mm-hmm. All of them, yes. Captain and all of his officers, looked like they were seasoned. Yes, and that should be the standard in Starfleet, not a bunch of ships filled with you know twenty. Right, and and you know you you put your new graduates, yeah, on ships, but not all by themselves. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. You know, with with uh, 
you know, even with a, a great captain. Mm -hmm. So I think he would mark them down on that. I could see him watching the Kirk in the bar scene and just furiously scribbling. That's no way to approach a woman. Mm -hmm. How could you get your ass kicked like that? Yep. Yeah, just mm -hmm. just taking him apart bit by bit on... What were you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> what were you thinking? Just on on everything. I mean, if that guy with that attitude was on our Kirk's ship, I mean, we saw how he handled people like uh, Styles. Oh, yeah. You know. He would have gotten so You know, I'll let up. you know when this is a democracy. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. Exactly. He would have smacked him down real hard, and he would have seen all the potential, but he would have known how to mm -hmm. to use it and how to nurture it. He would have said, conduct unbecoming to an officer. Yep, yep. Completely. You're confined to quarters till the next movie. Um, I have to say, at the very end of the movie, when Kirk got whatever little award he got, I was mm -hmm. so hoping it was going to be the one for conspicuous gallantry. <laughs> Actually, I think that was just his commendation for original thinking. Oh. I also think our Kirk would have totally flipped out at that Kobayashi oh, Maru. absolutely. He would have said, absolutely. okay, I know You're what I of, did. You're getting kicked out of Starfleet. And then. you just cheated. And on top of it, you you had this whole total, aren't I smart fucking attitude. Yep. You're yep. out of here, mister. Yeah, he would have done it. It would have yeah. suspended him at least. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Because our Kirk has standards. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about um, one of the important things about Kirk, much more so than Spock in some ways, is that we trust him as the moral compass in yep. the show. Well, absolutely, because he's got Spock and McCoy on either side, mm -hmm. almost always presenting opposing views of what you should do. Yeah. And so Kirk has to weigh these things and look within himself. And you're right, he is the moral compass. Yeah. And I don't feel like Kirk in the movie had any kind of moral sense at all. No. Not one little bit. I mean, at least at the end, the, the most Kirkish thing he does, of course, is to offer aid to the Romulans. Yes. And uh, then they cheapened it. Yeah. With that, that Spock joke. Yeah, exactly. But... Um, at least he did that. If he hadn't done that, I would have been a lot more pissed off mm -hmm. about the ending, for sure. But he needs to do a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. He needs to play by the book just a little bit more. They need to smooth those rough edges. Yeah. We've got to see him able to control himself. Yeah. Because there's no way he can command others if he cannot command himself. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Well, this seems like a good place to take a break. Okay. So let's do that, and then let's come back with some other fun things that we have. All righty. We'll have one more thing about the movie, so we can do that right when we come back. Oh, okay. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Speak up. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. More fun stuff at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. So one more thing about the movie. Okay. This has to do with Crazy Person. <laughs> now, you guys all remember, um, who's the one with the goggles? Uh, Rat Lady? Rat Lady, yeah. Okay. So you know... Fandom has its, its, its loons, mm -hmm. some of them lovable, mm -hmm. some of them not quite so. And um, I'm just going to preface this with a little background. There, there is a, a huge Spock fan who um, has made herself very vocal throughout fandom and always insisted very loudly back in the time when we had contact with her that 
everything was about Spock. All of TOS was about Spock. Mm -hmm. and, um, and she even insisted to me once that a story I had written, probably one of my most Kirk-centric stories, was about Spock. So she's like an It's About Spock lunatic. And her name, her, her handle online is Dr. Science. Mm -hmm. So there I am now, you know, had seen the movie. So now I'm going and reading all the reviews. And I read the one, or I read one somewhere. And so I'm scrolling down to the comments because mm -hmm. they're just as entertaining as the reviews. And there is a comment that says, but what you're all missing is that this movie is all about Spock. And I went, oh, fuck, hurrah! Dr. Science, there she is, still peddling that same um, strange, you know, I, I mean, I always used to say she needed her goggles adjusted. Let me read this to you. Yes. Because it's even funnier. Okay. And, and I think this link was actually sent to us by Mike Sterling. Um, oh, I... To the, oh, to, to, the, the, to the blog. To the, to the blog. Okay, right. so yes, it's, it's yes. It's the Kung Fu Monkey blog. Okay, And I, right. I had seen it before you did because um, Mike had tweeted it and, mm -hmm. and I was following. So it says, she says, and this is even more interesting, I haven't seen the movie yet. Oh, right, <laughs> right. I forgot about that part. But know the basics from spoilery discussions. Okay, so now you're going to give us your opinion on a movie you haven't seen yet. The problem here is your premise, which appears to be the standard view of Star Trek in Hollywood, as seen, for instance, in Galaxy Quest. And that was um, in terms of Kung Fu Monkey's analysis of what happens in the movie and the hero mm -hmm. and various things like that. She says, you think Kirk was the hero, or at least the protagonist of the original series, and Shatner was the star. But in fantasy... Don't be confused by star billing. <laughs> but in fanish reality, Spock was always the hero. Nimoy was the star. There's a reason the very first Star Trek fanzine was called Spockanalia. That's one reason we fans found Shatner a bit, bit buffoonish in the early years. He still thought the show was about him. It's about Spock. It was always about Spock. If Kirk is the protagonist, which can be argued, he is so because he's looking at the hero and we are following his gaze. And that was her analysis of my story, too. Yep. Um, J.J. Abrams gets this. He's put in a Spock character arc on steroids. He saw TOS and what made it endure and pulled out the critical thread. That's why TOS fans are so happy. He sees what and who we've been seeing all along. I love that she speaks for all of fandom. Yeah, all TOS fans. All TOS fans feel yeah, that way. Because we are all just as much in love with Spock as she is. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, um, the thing is, Wildcat said this in an email to me, and I was thinking the same thing. Unfortunately, in the case of this movie, there is some validity to what she says. Yes. Spock has the arc that Kirk does not. I agree, yes, in, in this movie. Yes. And who knows why, but he does. He does. That's true. Now, just to close this up, I want to read you the next comment that was posted on this blog. Okay. Respectfully... If you haven't seen the movie, your opinion is, as a wise man once said, worth precisely dick. <laughs> Quote, I haven't seen the movie, but I heard some people talking about it. Unquote. Seriously, shut the fuck up, see the movie, and get back to us. <laughs> well, she did reply to that person a little later, telling him he didn't know the definition of respectfully or dick. <laughs> I like that response, though. Mm -hmm. Yep. So anyway, we just wanted wanted to uh, to point that out, yeah. and um, you know, since all of us fans do feel that Spock and Nimoy are the center and everything, <laughs> I guess we should just fucking quit doing this podcast. Because who would be listening to us? I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, so you know, Vulcan finger salute to you, <laughs> Doc. All right, let's move right along to, to happier things. To happier things. Now, um, I, I blogged something recently about the different apps you can get for your iPhone that are Trek related. Yes. And I downloaded one to my phone, which is the Star Trek quiz. Oh, goody. So I thought we could just play a little bit of it right now. Sure. Um, it's pretty good. I actually played one round of it just to make sure it didn't suck. And it doesn't suck. But weirdly, the questions are um, half sort of interesting Trek trivia and the others are total geek. Like, what was Chekhov's um, number? What was his you know, serial number. Serial number. It's like what? Who cares? Oh, who cares? Yeah. So let's see. So I did quiz number one, and I got nine out of ten correct. So okay. Let's do quiz number two. Okay. All right. What episode does Mark Leonard play 
a Romulan commander. Oh, and they spelled his name wrong, too. Oh, they always do. Um, yeah. Balance that of Terror. That would be Balance of Terror. Yes. Who played the voice of Trelane's father in the Star Trek episode Squire of Gothos? James Doohan. That's right. In Star Trek, the original series, what god was featured in Who Mourns for Adonis? They Apollo. Thought, yes. And your, your options are Apollo. Oh, it's a multiple choice? Yeah, I'm not reading all the multiple choices. Oh, okay. Do it very entertaining, though. Apollo, Zeus, Venus, Vishnu. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the original Star Trek episode, Devil in the Dark, what were the Horta's eggs made up of? Um, silicon. They were silicon, yes. One of the answers is pure latinum. <laughs> In Star Trek, the original series, who presides over the Kirk-Spock va- battle on Vulcan? T'Pau. Oh, yes. These are easy. What famous lawyer had a cameo in the original Star Trek series? Marvin Belli. Um, the answers are choices are Adlai Stevenson, <laughs> Thurgood Marshall, mm-hmm. Johnny Cochran, oh. and Melvin Belli. Okay. What do the letters NCC displayed on the hulls of the Star Trek vessel stand for? Oh, I don't know, actually. Something Constitution class, I bet. Oh, that's not one of the answers. Okay. okay. Uh, A, non-commercial carrier. B, nuclear containment character, carrier, sorry. C, natural corbamite class. Or D, naval construction contract. I'm going to say A. I'm going to say A also. No. No, not the nuclear one. No, it's the last one, naval construction contract. That's stupid. What president did Star Trek's Kirk and Spock help battle the ingenious Colonel Green? Abe Lincoln. Um, the other choices are Rutherford Hayes, Teddy Roosevelt, and William Jefferson Clinton. <laughs> In the Star Trek original series, who often sang to relax? Uhura. Yes. On Star Trek, what is Chekhov's full name? Pavel Andreevich Chekhov. And, oh, they actually have two, two very close variants of that. Um, and they give uh, with Paul as the, uh, instead of Pavel, they say Paul. Oh, okay. But we know it's Pavel. Oh, I hit the wrong one. Okay. Um, so we got uh, 10 out of 10, correct? That's no, we didn't get that NCC oh, that's right. one, we got correct. That one okay. Okay. So let's, do you want to do the next round? Sure. Quickly? This is pretty good. Okay. Here we hit go. Hit me with it. Okay. Vic Tabak played which role in the episode A Piece of the Action? Um, he was that head gangster. Yes. And his name was... Do you want me to read you the answers? Yes. Uh, Sonny Banks. No. Teppo. No. Godfather Richie. No. Or Jojo Cracko. Cracko. Yes, he was Cracko. Who was the first choice to play Captain Kirk on Star Trek? Captain Kirk? Yes, on Star Trek. Not Pike. Not Pike. Um, Jack Lord. Very good. And that's one of the answers. Uh, Brian Keith is one of the other things mm-hmm. they give you, yeah. In the Star Trek episode Court Martial, on which ship had Kirk and Finney served before? The Republic? I believe that's correct. So the answers are Farragut, Republic, Defiant, um, and they also give you uh, Reliant. No, it's... It's, it's uh, Republic. It's Republic. Correct. In Star Trek episode The Deadly Years, who first showed signs of rapid aging? Chekhov, Spock, McCoy, or Galway? Okay, let me think. Chekhov. Who, what are my choices again? Chekhov, Spock, McCoy, or Galway? I'm going to say Galway, but I'm not even really sure who that is. I don't know. Wasn't it Chekhov? No, because no. Chekhov was the one who oh, was that's right. He, yeah, he did. Let's say Galway. Yay! I guess that was the woman. Yeah. Yeah. On Star Trek, what philosopher transformed Vulcan culture by promoting logic and nonviolence? Sarek, Cermak... <laughs> Storak or Surak? What about Sumac? <laughs> Surak. In the original series, who governed the governed the planet of androids? Harry Her- Mudd. Harry Mudd, Professor Daystrom, the Companion, or Zephram Cochran? <laughs> Harry Mudd. In the Star Trek episode, uh, Corpomite Maneuver, which actor played Balok? Um, Clint Howard. Clint Howard, Clint Baker. Matt Jeffries or Ronnie Howard? <laughs> We're doing really good on this one. Which Star Trek actor played a bad guy on the science fiction show Babylon 5? Uh, 
uh, Walter Koenig. Okay, so Leonard Nimoy, James Dewan, George Takei, or Walter Koenig. Good. On which Star Trek episode was the movie Wrath of Khan based? Space Seed. That was Space Seed. These are easy. Now. Yeah. In Star Trek, according to Dr. McCoy, <laughs> what hurts even more than the Starfleet dress uniform? The okay. Vulcan so finger here, salute. Here are the answers. A, getting kicked in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but I don't know that he ever said that B, in canon. B, the Vulcan salute. C, too much Saurian brandy. Or D, phaser stun at close range. <laughs> well, all of them, but the one we know he said was the Vulcan finger. All right, perfect. Ten out of ten. We Yay, are good. We that's, rock. That's really good. That's excellent. Now that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I like that. Oh, geez, I quit hit. touching that thing. Let's look at this other weird thing that you sent me. Now I don't know where you found this, but it's really weird. What is it? This is the other Star Trek quiz, and oh, this is from a site called AssistNews.net, and. It's um, it's very Jesusy, I have to say. Okay, I so, haven't looked at it, so I'll I'm just intrigued. Some of these questions, um, like the first question: Who's the only actor to portray both Jesus on the big screen and Captain of the USS Enterprise on the small screen? Jeffrey Hunter. That was Jeffrey Hunter. In the introduction to most episodes, Captain Kirk is heard saying the five-year mission of the Starship Enterprise is to boldly go where no man has gone before. What Bible book states? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Is it Galatians, Hebrews, or Romans? <laughs> French people. I don't know. In Star Trek, crew members beam down to a planet and back up by means of the starship's transporter. Where was Jesus standing just before he was beamed up to heaven? <laughs> On the ground. <laughs> I see what you mean. What words of Jesus did Harry Mudd quote in the TOS episode, I Mudd? I have no idea. Man cannot live on bread alone. Oh, I didn't know Jesus said that. In the TOS episode, Trouble with Tribbles, Spock quotes from the Sermon on the Mount, comparing Tribbles to what other life form? Um, I was going to say Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Field. Lily of the Field. Is that actually from Sermon on the I Mount? I believe it is. They, oh, okay. They neither toil nor do they spin. Yeah, but I didn't know it was from Sermon on the Mount. Yep. They seem to eat a Did he cheese. say, blessed are the cheesemakers, He too? did not say, blessed are the cheesemakers. Damn. <laughs> did I tell? I must have told you this, that um, I have the script for Life of Brian, and mm -hmm. there's a little bit more of that scene mm -hmm. in there where they talk, and they mangle some of the other lines in it, and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing. I love it. Oh. Um, I've had enough of the Jesus quiz. Okay, well, it just goes on like that for 30 different questions. Oh, my God. It's, it's all Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, and more Jesus. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. So, that's where did you get this? Did it just come through on um, your, your I think Google somebody alert? posted it on the Shatner BBS. Okay. And they have their share of, you know, Christian nuts. Okay, so. well, I'll put the link up to that. If people want to take the Jesus quiz... <laughs> Be my guest, and you know, maybe you'll learn. See what the prize is. See what the prize is. I don't know. You get to go to heaven. Eternal like life. Something. Let's talk about some news from around Bill's body. Oh, let's talk about Bill. Let's talk about Bill. One baby. of the reasons yes. Bill, Bill did not go to the premiere of the movie <laughs> is he was out of town. Uh -huh. And I think the gig he was out of town on was the opening of the DVD documentary about. The has been ballet, the ballet yeah. in Nashville, uh -huh. and um, there is a clip somewhere online that shows some of it and yeah, shows a little I, bit I of Bill talking. Yeah, I watched the, the um, I can't get behind that dance. That was yes. pretty good. I like yes. that. Yes, yeah. So um, that DVD is going to be out, and I think that I, I really, really want to see that. Yeah. But the funniest part of the clip is the beginning is Bill standing at a microphone, and he sings. So Margot and I forget her last name. Pettyman. Fontaine? Fon no. <laughs> Famous choreographer, Margot, whatever, called him and said, um, we want to do a ballet set to songs from your Has Been album. And Bill says, I thought, gee, I haven't danced in years. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, you know, such typical weird Bill humor, uh -huh. you know, such a, a take on himself. Oh. So I think that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, also... We did post this to the blog, and I'm, I'm sure um, it's over by now, but I haven't checked to see what the final price was. 
um, you could bid on eBay to get Bill's unused premiere tickets, uh -huh. which he autographed. Yep. And um, I happened to see a notice about this probably like at the instant it went up. So I went and looked, and there had been no bids. I went an hour later. It was up to $500. <laughs> so... Oh, they're very spiffy-looking tickets, too. They are. They're made and of plastic. Well, the thing that was intriguing to me about it was they also come with the envelope. Mm -hmm. and, the, and a certificate of authenticity. Yes, of course. And they have somehow whited out Bill's address for privacy. Uh, but I thought, if I got hold of that envelope, I know Lena could somehow... <laughs> oh, if we really wanted to find out where Bill lived, I could do it easier than oh, that. Oh, I know. But, <laughs> you know, it would just be another demonstration oh, of, course, of yeah. Well, we would hold it up to the light and, you know... Steam it. And... Infrared on there. It, it would be... It would be child's play to okay, find out where Okay, that's he what I thought. But, uh, you know, I, again, Bill is, he, he just keeps going. And oh. people keep trying to, to drag him back to, you know, what did you think about the uh -huh. Trek movie and how do you feel about not being in it? Will you be in a sequel if they ask you? And Bill's going, you know, I have so many projects under consideration. I just, I don't Whatever. know. Yeah. Um, so apparently he did not slam himself into a wall. Thank God. Doing the horse trick. Yes. Um, no word on Tommy Turvey. <laughs> We can hope. We can only hope that the horses did kick his head in, yeah. which would be really good. Um, but I'm you... thinking of the horses rebelling in an Equus-type way. <laughs> Man, I would love to see that. That would be cool. That would be awesome. The horse, the horse point, point of view Equus with Tommy Turvey as yeah. the guy who gets killed. Yeah. That would be great. Have you heard any reports about Shatner Weekend? Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, what did they do? They got to go to a taping of the Bonnie Hunt show uh -huh. that Bill was on, and they were all given, I believe, DVDs of Has Been. Oh, cool. They were given DVDs of something. Uh -huh. um, they had, you know, the meeting time, autograph time with Bill mm -hmm. at the stables like we did. Um, they went to the Hollywood... Or museum, or I, I think that place same, that we went to, yeah, the same museum, and and they did the Walk of Fame, uh -huh. and um, I can't remember what else, but um, and I I don't even know for sure how many people were there, uh -huh. but it sounds like it was a goodly number. Unfortunately, the Bonnie Hunt taping was either. Thursday afternoon or very early oh. Friday morning. So some people who were not arriving until like Thursday night or something didn't didn't get to go. So oh, not all of them bad. got to go to that. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, J.J. Abrams and the cast, for the most part of the new movie, were all at the horse show uh -huh. and, you know, all lined up and had photo ops with Bill. And there is a thing posted online that you can see, and I think we blogged it, of Chris Pine going up, hi, Mr. Yeah. Shatner, I'm Chris Pine. Yeah, and, and Shatner's Bill, like, yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill's like, yeah, this is my wife, go away. Um, Liz, take him somewhere and exactly. kick his butt. Um, and uh, Willie Nelson, of course, was the entertainment. I'm sure he was fantabulous. And uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I'll have to recheck it, and we can talk about it more on a on a future show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny the clip of Pine and Shatner. Bill's so busy working the room because that oh, yeah. was at the um, that's the, his charity. The, yeah, the charity thing, and there's Pine, you know, expecting to get an instant of his attention. It's like no. Well, and the thing is, um, from what I understand, everybody else from the movie showed up in a group, mm -hmm. and then Pine came either alone or, like, with Abrams or somebody later. Mm. So, um, and Leonard was there. Uh-huh. And uh, that, I believe, is all I heard. Okay. Um, on another related sort of topic, uh, Pine and Quinto were on Saturday Night Live. They made a special appearance to promote mm -hmm. the movie. Did you see this? No. It, it's on Hulu. Um and I would have put it on the blog, but you can't embed that. Um, but maybe I can dig up the link for it. And they were on Weekend Update. And, um, again, Quinto was pretty good and funny, and Pine was just sort of stupid. Um, but then Nimoy showed up at the end, and he was quite good. But the best part, and this is a visual thing, but I'll try to describe it as best I could. They, they were playing them off two 
ultra nerdy guys in the audience who uh -huh. were just kind of sitting there giving them the evil eye, you know, like yeah. dressed in their uniforms. And at one point, one of the guys had his hands in the Vulcan salute and he did the I'm looking at you thing oh. like this. <laughs> and he points to his eyes and then he points there. It was so funny. Oh, that was yes. the best part of the whole thing. So I got to use that on somebody. Yes. Like that. Oh, that is so wonderful. <laughs> I want to uh, bring something up. I recently had a very, very enjoyable visit with um, my other sister, the one I probably haven't talked about mm -hmm. on the blog much, but we discovered that she can do that on both hands. Oh, so can I. Well, I can't do it at all. So there's the left one and there's the right one. Oh, man, you're amazing. I can't do that. Oh. All those years of playing piano and... It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't I think happen. I actually practiced that quite a lot when I was younger. You probably did. I think I did. But um, congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's very, very cool. Um, so what else is going on with Bill? Um, we've talked about that his uh, interview show, Raw Nerve, yes. has been renewed. That's right. There have been new videos posted to um, the Shatner Project. Yes. Um, so those keep on coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we blog them whenever we can do it. But if you want to keep track of them, go to YouTube and sign up as a subscription to the Shatner Project. And right. You get notifications. Right. Or um, if you are a visitor to WilliamShatner.com, you don't have to be in the fan club. Uh, there's two two different parts of the, the mm -hmm. BBS, and there's one part that's non-fan club people. And the moderator there, Paul, almost always posts when there is something <coughs> new, you know, a new video up. Mm -hmm. From Bill, so he just oh James Spader is uh, going to do a play on Broadway. Oh, I really? believe it is a new play by David Mamet. Oh wow! We that know nothing else about. Good it. for him. Let's see. I'm just looking now at the ShatnerProject.com to see what's going on. Okay. Uh, right. So right now. Oh, sorry, that was loud. There's a clip of J.J. Um, Abrams at the horse show. And right. That's not very the, interesting. Yeah, they're I showing all the. That that are there so um there uh, william shatner is on twitter uh mm -hmm. and i'm following him and um some of the stuff that he put i mean he's not doing it <laughs> obviously there was an article somewhere about which celebrities actually do it uh -huh. and which have assistants doing it and uh -huh. one of the few who actually does his own is will wheaton yes of course of yeah course. because he blogs all the time uh -huh. so he does it i know that uh, stephen fry does his own um, mm -hmm. Twittering as well, but um, yeah. So there, there is a William Shatner channel, and it's basically promoting the stuff that's up here. Plus, there have been several repeated tweets for the uh, bidding on the eBay. Oh, thing. okay, yeah, okay, like, cool. Make sure you bid on my tickets. On well, eBay. because like, the money thanks, goes Bill. to charity. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, brace for impact. Shatner quake. Shatner quake. Let me find that. Um, our good friend Captain Ho sent us um, this link that there is a book coming out in which William Shatner is a fictional character. Not that he isn't already, but... <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Shatner Quake. Yes. And it's called An Action Novel, and it's by a guy named Jeff Burke, B-U-R-K. Here's the premise. It's the first Shatner con with William Shatner as the guest of honor. And but, us as the MCs. Yes, but after a failed terrorist attack by Campbellians, a crazy terrorist cult that worships Bruce Campbell, <laughs> all of the characters ever played by William Shatner are suddenly sucked into our world. Their mission, hunt down and destroy the real William Shatner. Ooh. Sounds good. Now, I, I dropped a note to the author asking him, you know, if he would send us a copy so we could review it on the air. Haven't heard back. Yeah, well, this got noticed in a lot of places, and at least three different people sent us notes mm -hmm. about this. Saying, the one I remember, those Captain Hall. Right. Um, so Who called it the greatest book ever written. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I would, I would really like to read this. I think this is going to be great. And we should point out that this is not the first book in which Bill has been a fictional character. <laughs> He is a fictional character with a slightly different, or with a different name, in um, Preternatural, is that yes. what it was called? Yes, Which is a blast <laughs> of a book. I love that book. There are paragraphs in that that I haven't committed to memory, but to me, they're the book because they are so on target with the description of William Shatner yes. and his relationships to women oh, yeah. and his wives. And, oh, it's like, it's like Dish. 
you know, you can ignore all the science fiction stuff going on. It's it's Shatner it's dish. It's pure Shatner dish. It's completely awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by Margaret Wander Bonanno, I yes, believe. Yes, that's right. Yes. Who is also online. I found her website and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's interesting because she's written a number of track novels. Mm-hmm. And um, she had written, I believe, the novel that eventually was named Probe. Yes. And... Um, when people ask her to autograph it, she only autographs one page, a particular page that she says is the only one that is really her writing yeah. and that they butchered it to death. And online, I checked this a few years ago, I don't know if it's still there, her original version of it is posted. Yeah, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. So she was kind of at war with pocketbooks or whoever they are for a while, but apparently they've, they've patched that up <laughs> because she is has written a couple more Trek novels. Maybe they gave her some more money. Maybe they said, we won't chop your stuff up and give it a dopey title anymore. <laughs> that would be nice. <sighs> Let's see. I'm just flipping through our mail here. Uh, I don't know that there's anything else that we need to talk about now. Oh, one other thing. Yeah. I'll, I will do a plug for us. <laughs> um, Always do plugs for us. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, we're Bill's girls. Um, Bill's Butt Girls. In the live show, we have discovered that Marjorie talks a lot and sometimes too much. And so some of the material we wrote for Marjorie, we had to cut for time. So I took one of her little segments Mm -hmm. where she's talking about a specific topic. And uh, she is, of course, Captain Kirk's mother. And posted that sort of as a story, but it's really more of a monologue, to um, alt.startrek.creative. And it's called You Can't Go Home Again. So if you just cannot get enough of that Marjorie Kirk and all she has to say about her Jimmy, you're going to want to go um, see that, and we'll put up a link to it as well. It's very good. You know, I forgot to tell you that um, recently I was doing a, a, a tour of um, a place that's quite near you. It's a it's a historical farm. Oh, yeah. And they have people who dress up in period clothes and take mm-hmm. you around. And the woman who did our tour sounded just like Marjorie and I was just falling over myself laughing because she was just saying how much she loves to dress up in the clothes you know because the <laughs> women had such lovely clothes and look at the lace on this it was just too funny well did I tell you when um, a couple of years ago when my husband and I were in Paris we went on a walking tour of Montmartre uh-huh. and the woman who um, did the tour um, spoke fluent French but you know her, her crowd was all English speakers, or at least that was the common language. So she did all the narrative in English, and she had this Minnesota accent. And at one point, we're all crowded together, taking up the whole street, and some Frenchman goes by and... And she just turns on him and spews some French that I'm sure meant, shut up and fuck off, old man. And then she turns around and goes, and now in this building is is where Picasso used to eat lunch. You know, and, it was so great. <laughs> so, Marjorie's everywhere. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. God bless Minnesota. <laughs> oh, really? What would we do with that? It's a good thing she moved to Iowa. Or we wouldn't have all these great stories. <laughs> so, I think that sort of covers it, doesn't it? I think that's it for now. Um, next show, we're going to have some fun stuff about um, this great website that I found called TV Tropes, which has a very long discussion of William Shatner and Boston Legal, so we're going to cool. spend some time dissecting that. That should All be right. awesome. And then there's lots more stuff that we have to catch up on. So. And you guys, Bill is just in the news and everywhere lately. Yeah. Much, much more than we can ever talk about, so we're putting as much of it and in as entertaining a way as we can, onto the blog. Yes, yeah, so check the blog. So you want to look at that in addition to listening to the show. Yes. Now, I want to ask our listeners to do one more thing. I, I want to conduct, Send us money. Well, no. Um, I want to conduct a little experiment. Okay. Um, and the experiment is this. At iTunes, people can post reviews. And we've got some reviews that are mm-hmm. up there. But it's not like I care. But I am curious to see how many people we could get to do a review at iTunes if we just ask them on the show. Oh, okay. Just as a little experiment to see it. So uh-huh. if you've got two minutes to go over to iTunes and write two sentences about the show. And it's real easy to find because all you do is search for look, look at, at his butt. butt. And the only other thing that comes up is some Christian thing. I, I don't <laughs> and understand that. Us. And that's not us. We're the ones that are looking <laughs> it's at It's probably that, that Christian quiz guy, too. It probably is. 
Um, so please go to iTunes and take two minutes to write a little review and then in like a month or so I'll report back on how many reviews we actually got because that would be a cool thing. That would be great. Yeah. I want to close yes. with a relevant quote Okay. that I got off the Trek BBS. Jim Kirk takes names, kicks ass, and takes the kicked asses and gives them new names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. He does. He absolutely does. And that's a great thought to end with. It is. Yes. Okay. So until next time, don't piss off Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs>